Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast, Wellness Walks. I'm Hannah Bright, the women's wellness coach, and I'm here to talk to you about topics covering all things women's health, both physical and mental. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get stuck in. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. Um, and hope you all liked last week's podcast episode. Again, this week, it is just me, no guests. Um, and today, I've actually, um, about 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, I asked on my Instagram for some questions or topics that you guys wanted me to cover in a podcast. So actually today, I'm fi- I'm covering five questions that listeners of the podcast have sent in that they want me to cover, which is quite exciting. So yeah, it's just going to be another short, short episode um, covering these five topics. Um, and then I'm working out, I'm going to have a little podcast break. So the first season will be complete. I'm going to have another, I have a little break over the Christmas period before the second season, because I have not missed a podcast since I started in February. I've done them every week. So if you haven't listened to all the podcasts, go back and have a listen. But yeah, I will be taking a break. But Probably not until December. I'll probably finish November through. Um, but yeah, I hope you're all grand. So question number one um, from a listener was, do you have to track calories to lose fat? So is tracking calories on an app such as MyFitnessPal the only way that you can see fat loss? And the answer simply is no. Next question. No. <laughs> um, So tracking your calories just means that you ensure that you're in a calorie deficit because you work out the calories you need to be consuming to be in a deficit and therefore to see fat loss. And then by tracking it, we know that you are in the deficit and you will see fat loss. Um, So it's just a really good way of making sure we stick to it because if you're guesstimating, if you're trying to be mindful, intuitive, that's all great, but it's quite easy to go over a calorie deficit. You know, things add up so quickly. And before you know it, you're over your calorie deficit. So it's just a really good scientific way to ensure that we're in a calorie deficit. Um, But you know, there's other ways to do it. Tracking is not the only way. You can create a food plan that you follow, either get create it yourself, or get a professional to create you one. So that's like, maybe I do it for my clients, I get them to track on my fitness pal, but there's some clients that don't do that or don't feel comfortable for whatever reason. So we will make sure they're in a calorie deficit in other ways. But I also provide them, especially at the start, with some example diet days. So I give them three example days um, of what foods to eat to hit your calorie amount. So a diet plan will, will simply just be a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. And these calories are worked out to make sure that you stay within your calorie amount. So you don't have to track them because they're already worked out for you. And then you're in a calorie deficit and you will see the fat loss. Or, you know, it could be that, okay, you cut down portions because at the moment you've worked out that your current portions make you into maintenance calories. So if you cut those portions down by X amount per portion, you know that you'll be in a deficit. Or, you know, people use um, intermittent fasting. So they basically skip a meal and don't eat until lunchtime. And therefore, they're only having two meals and some snacks, and they know that that will make sure that they're in a deficit. So no, in short, it's not the only way to see fat loss. It's a really handy, easy way to make sure that you're in deficit. 
Um, but there are other ways. And even with tracking, it's not always 100% accurate. Um, sometimes, you know, you have to find put things input onto these apps that are incorrect because they're input by everyday people like yourselves. You know, I can input something onto my fitness pal and then you will find that, you know, the next day. And I could have input it incorrectly. Or, you know, sometimes the calories are there, but not the macronutrients, so not the carbs, fats, and protein. Uh, you know, so it's not 100% accurate. Um, all of the time, but it's pretty accurate. I find it a very handy way. And it's also quite educational because you will start to learn how many calories are in foods and you didn't even realize or how much protein is in certain foods or how little protein is in certain foods. So yeah, uh, no, it's not the only way. There are many ways, um, but it is one of the most accurate, well, one of the best ways I would say personally, um, but it is not the be all and end all. Okay, question two. Um, so it, this one's about um, fitness trackers. So like your Apple Watch or your Whoop and those kind of things. And this listener is asking, can tracking on a fitness tracker take its toll or have an effect on us negatively? And I think in short, again, the answer is probably yes. Um, I think some people can get obsessed with it and feel super guilty if they don't hit their steps. Or, you know, if it's tracking your sleep, you can get super paranoid if, if you're not getting enough sleep or enough good quality or enough REM sleep um, or if you don't close all your rings so yes I think it can have a negative effect and it depends on the individual you know I love my watch I love seeing the stats it's a great way for me to make sure I get enough steps in um, but I also you know can also take it off and miss days and you know if it just doesn't affect me mentally um, just physically helps me to hit you know to push further with my progress in in physical activity in particular. Um, and research does show that these watches have improved health behaviors of um, most people that use them, especially physical. So people are moving more due to their watches. Um, but then the flip side is the mental health. But I don't think there's been as much research done for that. And some people can get sleep-related anxiety. Um, and I think, you know, if you're someone that does get affected negatively by the watch, then maybe it is a good idea to go like cold turkey, take the watch off, get rid of it, and maybe listen to your body a little bit more. And you know, we know if we've had a good night's sleep, you either wake up and think, oh, that was, I did not wake up in the night, I've had a full night's sleep, and I feel really refreshed. Or you know that you struggle to fall asleep, you know, you woke up throughout the night, and you don't feel refreshed, and it was probably not a very good sleep. So that's a way of tracking your sleep as well, and being more mindful and working on techniques to help you go to sleep earlier or fall asleep better etc etc and even things like you know with the exercise you don't need a watch to tell you to try train daily are you doing some form of exercise daily whether it's a walk a run a workout some yoga just moving your body daily um and also things with like the food kind of side of things are you eating um a couple of portions of fruit and veg in each meal so one to two portions per meal and are you getting in protein in every meal so you can, you know, have these protocols in place and tick them off in your notepad and you don't need a watch. So um, I think in answer to it, yes, it can take its toll on some people. Um, everyone's different. And if it is taking a toll on you, then I would probably advise to try and do uh, track your progress or track uh, your routines in different ways because it's not worth it if it's actually having a negative effect because these watches are created to try and have a positive effect to make us a healthier nation. So, yeah. Question three, does strength training burn fat or should you also do cardio? Um, okay, so this is a, you know, this is always talked about. Can you burn fat? 
you know, how what burns more calories, I suppose. So cardio will burn more calories per minute compared to strength training. So if you trained in the gym for 60 minutes on the bike, cycling for 60 minutes nonstop, you'll burn more calories than you would if you were doing a gym session because we have rest breaks. We need to rest. We need to um, recover and all the rest of it. So yes, you'll burn more calories um, because you're doing continuous movement and exercise. Um, so yeah, however, there are some um, caveats to that. Classes like uh, CrossFit or even things like Lamers Body Pump where you have got resistance and you are doing weight training, but it's also um, cardio as well, then that's kind of a combination um, and you'll probably burn as many calories as the cardio, if not more. Um, however, the um, importance of strength training is that you might not burn as many calories in the hour that you are training for compared to an hour of cardio. However, our bodies are repairing muscle fibers that have been torn during the weight training session, the strength training session, and it takes, it burns calories to repair these. So our calorie burn is higher after a weight strength training session compared to a cardio session because we're repairing our muscles. Also, um, strength training increases our muscle mass. Um, which in turn uh, increases our resting metabolic rate, unlike cardio. So our metabolism at rate is higher with the more muscle mass we have. Um, and that's due to strength training. And that is not due to cardio. Um, so yes, in turn, the answer to the question is you'll burn more calories per hour of cardio. But a combination is actually ideal because then you'll be building your strength building your resting metabolic rate and your lean muscle mass, and then you'll be getting fitter cardiovascularly through the cardio. So hopefully um, that helps. But if you need any help with this, if you need any help with creating the optimal training plan, because I know it can be a bit of a minefield, then that is exactly what I do. So get in touch with me. I can either do training plans, just training plans without the full one-to-one -one coaching, or I do one-to-one -one coaching. It depends on your goals, but please do reach out and chat more because yeah, I think a lot of people don't know the depths of how my coaching works and it's all completely tailored to every individual. So I probably can help you. Um, so please reach out via Instagram or send me an email via my email, hannah at hbwellness.uk. All right, so two more questions for you guys. Question number four, how to manage intermittent fasting and working out in the morning? So a lot of people love intermittent fasting. There's lots of benefits for it. I don't know how much research and evidence there is behind the benefits that are being spoken about. Um, some for gut health, some metabolic um, improvements. Um, and some people, you know, if you are on a fat loss journey and are trying to lose weight, then pushing back your first meal to lunchtime means that you have more calories for the rest of the day. So you're not spreading it out over such a long period of time. Um, because a lot of people, if they eat, start having breakfast and start eating at 9am, by 6pm they have dinner, they're still starving and want more calories in the evening, but they've run out. So it means that you've got more calories in a shorter space of, of time. Um, but if you are someone that trains first thing in the morning, not so much cardio, I think doing cardio fasted without having eaten is okay. Um, but if you're doing weight training or strength training, the whole point is you want to progressively overload. You want to push heavier in the gym. You want to do more reps. You want to, you know, push your body a little bit further to get that progressive overload and to build muscle. 
Now you're not going to have fuel. If you haven't eaten since 7pm the night before and you're in the gym at 7am, you haven't eaten anything for 12 hours, you haven't got much fuel or energy to work to optimal in the gym. Therefore, you are actually lacking in a lot of, you're not going to be getting the most out of your workout. So I would say if you are someone that trains first thing in the morning, you don't need to have a whole full on meal. You can have that later in the day. But even just a small, like a snack that's around 100 calories, like a banana, slice of toast, an apple, an energy bar, whatever it is, try and have something half an hour before you go to the gym. And that will just help you to have a bit more energy to push a bit more in the gym. Um, Because otherwise you're getting up at that time, you're getting yourself to the gym, you're pushing yourself through this workout and you're not getting half the benefits because you haven't got the energy to work as hard as you could be. So yes, I would say, uh, you know, especially for females as well, it's better to not intermittent fast. Um, But if you like to intermittent fast, then I would say try and train later in the day. All right. And then question number five. Um, This is a good one, actually. It was um, someone's asking the best ways to reestablish healthy habits in their postpartum um, period. So once after you've had a baby, um, six to eight weeks after, when you want to start getting back into healthy habits and routines, how do you do this? Because obviously it's a massive lifestyle change, especially if it's your first baby. Um, you know, your routine's thrown out. You're basically at the beck and call of this tiny little human. Your your sleep patterns are thrown out. Uh, you're busy. You're tired. Um, so yeah, good question. I, by the way, um, have not had a child myself. Um, and I am not a mum. So I haven't actually been through this myself. However, these are the tips that I would suggest as a woman's wellness coach. Um, yeah, so... On the physical activity side of things, I think, you know, don't expect to go back to what you were doing before um, you gave birth. You know, have some compassion and give yourself a break. I would just say try and get some movement in daily because all movement counts. It doesn't have to be structured gym class or gym workout or go out going out for a 5K run. Like it doesn't need to be so structured. Um it can vary in time length. It can vary in what you're doing. Just getting a bit more movement in. So it can be like, get your baby out in a pram and go for a walk. Or I love it when I see mums with their babies strapped to the front of them and go out for a walk. Um, or just playing with your kids or doing some cleaning. Uh, whatever it is, it's just doing a bit more movement, a bit more intentionally, consistently every day would be a great place to start. And um I think that the um, guidance is the same as it is for everyone else. So if you can try and do 150 minutes a week of movement, of exercise, um, which is about 20 to 30 minutes a day, but you don't need to do it. Like you don't have to dedicate 20 to 30 minutes a day. You can do it in, you like break it down to three 10 minute things. So 10 minute walk around the block, um, maybe a 10 minute little, little workout at home or a 10 minute clean or 10 minute chasing your kid around um yeah so you can break it down um and also you you can build it up so you don't have to start off with doing 30 minutes every day start off with 15 minutes every day for the first week then build up to 20 25 30 um so that's what i'd say with the activity side of things i think don't try and get yourself to the gym because that takes time to get to the gym it takes time to be at the gym, it takes time to get back from the gym, and you probably don't have that much availability time, and then it's the crash and all the rest of it. So I would just say 
I mean, I think the easiest way is to get out for a walk with your baby if they're good in the pram or when, if they're strapped to you and just start with 10 minute bursts three times a day. And then with nutrition, obviously you are looking after this baby and you're putting your heart and soul into making food for this baby. But you do also have to care about yourself because you are looking after this baby. So we need to look at your optimal nutrition as well. And you're recovering from pregnancy and birth. So yeah, you need to heal as well. So it's just simple things like making sure you're getting in um, all your macronutrients and all your micronutrients. So getting in some protein, fats and carbs, and lots of vegetables and fruits so you're getting in lots of micronutrients as well and you know maybe thinking okay I'm not gonna have time to make some really big meals so three smaller meals across the day and just do a little plan for yourself and come up with maybe two breakfast ideas two lunch ideas two dinner ideas that take you less than five minutes to make and just rinse and repeat them and keep it super simple so that you have you know you can you can make them um really quickly and make sure that you're getting because a lot of mums um I know from experience don't eat all day and then they grab chocolate and crisps and ice cream in the afternoon evening when they're really hungry um because they need something now and that's not you know obviously not the best food for you not the best food for your energy levels but also you know you need sustainable energy throughout the day um and also I bet you've got lots of people coming to you saying what can I do to help can I do anything to help so if you have then use that and say, yes, actually, can you batch cook me a meal that can last me four days? I can pop in the freezer and that's going to be your dinner for the week, you know, or, um, yeah, see if they can do a food shop for you or whatever it is. Um, try and take any help that you can get, or, you know, if your partner's home and they can look after your baby, um, for an hour on a Sunday or something, maybe spend a little bit of time food prepping for yourself. So yeah, just, Try and make it as easy and as simple as possible. Um, but please do try and get consistent food throughout the day, even if it's just quick meals. Or even if it's those lovely fresh soups that are in the supermarket with a slice of bread. That's very easy. Um, and then I say the other important thing um, is to prioritize your sleep. Because I know that's really hard. And, you know, it's probably easier said than done. Um, but just try and have a nap or a sleep whenever possible. If your baby's going for a sleep, really try and sleep. I know that you've probably got housework to do and cleaning to do, but if you are exhausted, the main thing is for you to get some sleep and get your energy levels up because it affects everything. So yeah, trying to sleep whenever possible, um, you know, uh, receiving help. If anyone says, can I come over and, you know, you can just go up and sleep for an hour, take it. Uh, if your partner says at the weekend, have a lion, take it. Take the sleep and do not feel guilty for it because it is needed for you to function and be the best mum that you possibly can. Uh, also, I was also um, told recently that things like yoga nidra or meditation or even breath work, five, 10 minutes can be as effective as um, having a nap for you. It can be as restorative and re-energizing as having a nap. So if you can do this, uh, if you if you don't think you're going to be able to nap, your mind's maybe racing, just try and do some yoga or some meditation or some breath work for five, 10 minutes. There's lots of um, things you can follow on YouTube or the Calm app. Um, yeah, and try that. So uh, yeah, it would be trying to move a little bit daily, um, in any way possible, focusing a little bit on nutrition, eating throughout the day, trying to get in lots of macronutrients and micronutrients and accepting help for food prep. That's very handy. And then sleep, but make sure you approach it with compassion and be kind to yourself. And it might take a little bit longer than your friend to get back into these habits. And that is fine. 
all right? Um, just and and I would also say don't do all of this at once. Like say, okay, this week I'm going to focus on um, just getting some movement in daily. I'm going to do 50 minute walk every day, and then next week maybe with that 15 minute walk, you are going to make sure that you eat three meals a day. Um, and yeah, like I say, simple things like soup and a slice of bread. Um, you know, maybe some cereal or some porridge with some fruit for breakfast and then dinner could be you know stir fry which is so simple just get one big pan out cook the meat in it whack in the veg pop the noodles in the microwave or back in the pan as well and pop on a sauce like it doesn't need to be complicated but something is better than nothing at this stage and just build it up but again like I said earlier if you need help with this that that is my job and I can do the hard work for you and you just have to do what I tell you to do <laughs> in a nutshell. So yeah, that is my five questions. I think I've covered them all, haven't I? Yeah. So that is all from me this week, but I liked receiving your questions or the topics you wanted me to cover. So please do the same. Maybe send me a DM on Instagram. I'll put up another question box um, for you to put questions in next week. Um, but yeah, hopefully you found that helpful and have a lovely weekend gang. And I will catch you next week. And I think we've got two more episodes and then we will be having a little break for Christmas. So make sure you don't miss them. All right, take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If I can ask you a big favor, please, would you be able to rate and review this podcast? I would massively appreciate it. Otherwise, if you want to connect with me, I am on Instagram at Hannah Bright Wellness. And one other thing, if you think there's someone that would benefit from listening to these podcast episodes, then please do share my podcast to them. Any friends or family members you think that will enjoy it. Otherwise, I will catch you next time. Bye.